Be prepared, uh, Jesus is coming. <laughs> Be prepared, Jesus is coming. Now, two weeks ago we spoke, upon, we spoke about what's happening in Israel and why. And we went through some of the ideas of Abraham and Abraham and Sarah, Abraham and Hagar. You know, Abraham had two children, two, he had two, two wives. Or Sarah was his wife, Hagar was the handmaiden to Sarah, but through Sarah... He had Ishmael, and through, uh, excuse me, through Hagar, he had Ishmael. Through Sarah, he had Isaac. And we know that the tradition, the, the understanding is that Jacob, Abraham took um, Jacob and took him to the altar, the, the Mount of Moriah, Mount Moriah, and where we look at Israel, Jerusalem, and you see the Dome of the Rock, the Gold Dome, uh, the Muslim Dome that is there, Underneath that is a rock, and that is the place that Abraham offered Isaac to God. And God interrupted and said, no, don't sacrifice your son. I know your faith. Well, the Muslims believe that Abraham offered Ishmael on the same place, and Allah said, don't, don't, don't sacrifice him. So they've been basically the rock there ties them to their ancestry ties them to who they are from the very beginning. Well, in our, week, in our lesson last week, we spoke about the correct view of life, which was origin, how did we get here, meaning, why am I here, morality, how should I act while I am here, and destiny, what happens when I die. So whenever we start putting these together, they are very much connected. Because what happens, to, where, do we, where do we come from? Where is, what is our origin? And not only do we believe in creation, but we believe in the understanding that God called Abraham and God, um, you know, his message to us comes through Abraham and through what we call the Old Testament or the, the, the Jewish scriptures. So these two messages are very much um, connected because of origin and destiny origin, destiny, one and four. Um, we deal with God and his involvement with the big picture, the creation, and where we go whenever we die, go to heaven. And the two, two and three, the one in the, me in the middle is meaning and morality. Deal with an individual that why am I here? And how should I live? What should be my, my morals? And all of those deal with how we believe in God how God is effective in our life. So in, in Christ's return, his return, he's coming for his people. So his people are the church. And that he's coming to take us, <laughs> he's coming to take us away. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, not the ones in the white coats, okay, to those of you who remember that song. <laughs> so, for today, or I mean for now, the Jewish people in Israel, uh, they feel the pain of the Holocaust. Um, they feel the pain uh, that is still with them from the, the modern day Hamas, and that there is this fear like the fear that they had in Germany, and this is what uh, Jew Jewish individuals have relayed. In the, in the last raid, Hamas, um, and this is documented with news and things, that they beheaded babies and they uh, killed um, Holocaust survivors in their bed. So it's, it, is a, it was a 
It was an, uh, an act of, we call it, act of terror upon individuals who were not able to defend themselves. So why is there this hatred or this better stated demonic rage against the Jewish people? Um, in every generation, there has been a Haman. You remember Haman? <laughs> Haman the hangman in the book of Esther. Uh, so Esther is um, queen, and Haman decides he, he hates the, the Jewish people, and he decides that he's going to rid the world of Jews. And so he devises this plan and gets uh, the, the, the emperor to sign off on killing all the Jews on such and such a date. Well, we know Esther finds out about it, and then her husband, now she's the queen, she goes to the king, says, you know, this is the plan that Haman has, so they hang Haman on his own gallows, <laughs> and then the Jews are able to defend themselves and protect their land. This hatred has been absolutely irrational. You know, Haman, he, he was, he was a, a, um, an advisor to the king. He had great wealth. But his hatred was so great towards the Jews that he couldn't allow himself to be happy with all of his wealth and his position as an advisor to the king. He couldn't, go, he couldn't let it go. He hated the Jewish people so much that he planned to destroy them all. Kind of like Hitler. He took the resources. This is, you know, if you understand or look at World War II, we, we think of Hitler as being a deranged man, but, and he was in many respects, but he almost won the war. <laughs> you know, he could have won the war except for a couple of key battles. But when the end was near, and they could have funneled more resources to defeating the enemy, defeating um, the Americans and the British and all them, and, and the Russians, he took that money and he put it into killing more Jews. <laughs> and there was such a desire to kill more Jews that they couldn't even exterminate, burn up the bodies, or bury them. They just piled them up in railroad cars and everywhere. The, the, the goal was to kill as many people as possible and to get rid of as many as possible. The hatred for, or we could call it a demonic hatred, in, in the present-day Jews are related to two reasons. Why is it that there is such a hatred towards the Jewish people and also towards America. And what is the reason? Western civilization, Western civilization you and I, we are part of a Judo-Christian, Judo-Christian philosophy. We, religion, faith, we believe in the Old Testament, that the foundation of the moral principles that we have is based in the Old Testament. And we have, the, of course, the New Testament, which is the, the Christian and for believing in Christ. And so you have these two things. And so for someone who doesn't like Judaism and, and Jews, that carries over to the Judo-Christian philosophy or Judo-Christian faith. So if you destroy the Jews... What happens? You are saying that God is a liar. You are saying that the Bible that the Hebrews believe in and that Christians believe in is not true. So if you can exterminate the people whom God has stated is his people and his chosen people, that if you can exterminate them, you can prove that that God, the God of the Hebrews, is not 
not alive at all, and his promises are, are false. So stri- trying to destroy the foundation based on the Hebrew Testaments and upon the Christian New Testament. The devil's old tricks. If he can't, you know, it's one guy called it the, the mafia trick. <laughs> mafia is if they can't get to the person, get to their family. Okay, I, I don't know, that was the quote. But anyhow, the, the devil's trick is he can't get to God, so let's take on his children. And so um, the, the slant or the... And it's hard for us, I mean, it's hard for me to comprehend how the people can live with the sole purpose of destroying someone else. Their, their sole purpose, they're sold out, you know, their pledge of faith. You know, we take, a, we take a pledge, as it were, pledge of faith. I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe that God is a creator of heaven and earth and that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's, that's kind of like our pledge. It's our foundational principle that Christ will forgive us. Well, there's a group of people that say their foundational principle is we've got to exterminate the Hebrew people, the Jewish people. That's their foundational principle. And we can't, can't um, I don't think we can fathom that. So, so now we have the war going on. We have Hamas and others that are uh, being attacked or will be attacked. But the conflict could be broader than just Hamas. The Jewish rabbi that he, who believes in Christ, he's a Messianic Jew, he says, because the head of the snake is the, one, is the one who is funding all of this, and he believes it to be Iran. So will there be a showdown between Israel and Iran? Biblically, how is Iran involved? Do you ever wonder that? You know, okay, you got Iran stuck over there. Why is Iran so much involved in this whole process? Well, in the expansion of the clearing of Gaza, it is felt that this expansion will lead to Lebanon being involved in the war, and both Hamas and Hezbollah uh, will be involved in it, and it will expand to Iran. And those are all what people are watching out for in the, in the Middle East. So the root of the conflict then in many circles is Iran. So we find that why is it happening now? Why would the, this whole Middle East erupt? Well, Iran is terrified, cannot live with the idea of the Abraham Accords, which is peace between Saudi Arabia and the Gulf states. They don't want that to happen. They do not... Um, uh, they do not want this peace thing to go on. And, and it's, it's sad in a sense because the Palestinian people are the pawns in this whole game that these terrorist groups are playing. So Iran, Iran is trying to derail any uh, peace agreement. But there is something deeper than that. This is the part of the message. So these are the things we hear on the news. These are the things that come before us and we question, well, is this happening? What happens? Battles and tanks and military and artillery. But what is the deeper problem? The deeper problem is Iran is biblical Persia. And on a biblical perspective, Haman, the hangman (laughs) of Esther, is from Persia. And um, we find that in in the 
biblical, in the Jewish calendar, the holidays that they celebrate, and, and they are considered biblical prophecy. They are considered part of the prophetic picture that will come. Well, in the prophetic timeline, the prophetic picture begins with redemption, Passover. When children of Israel left Egypt, the angel of death passed over, and the blood of the lamb was, was, was put on the doorposts of the home, and everywhere that the blood was on the lamb, blood was on the doorposts of the home, the angel of death passed over. So, that was considered Passover, and it's in this first month of the Jewish calendar. Uh, so in our life, the blood of Jesus Christ washes away our sin. The angel of death, death no longer has a hold over us. That we may die physically, but we will live spiritually. Well, the last holiday on the calendar is Purim. And Purim is the end holiday. And it represents that Esther... Esther uh, becomes aware of the orders of Haman to kill all the Jews, and she then puts in motion, lets the king know this, because, you know, she's going to die with Haman's uh, decree on Haman's law. So Esther goes to the king and says, my people are going to die, and so Esther is now able to pass a law that all the Jews are capable of fighting for themselves and defending their properties against anyone who would try and take it. Purim is the uh, holiday at the end of history, according to uh, Jewish tradition, a, a, rabbi that, uh, a rabbi that I was listening to. Purim, I, Pur, Purim is the, appears to be the holiday at the end of um, history. So Purim was the holiday that Hamas attacked Israel on that very holiday. So it is no surprise that Iran, <laughs> biblical Persia, has risen up like the spirit of Haman, which is the spirit of Amalek. Now, you've got to understand that these, these groups that they are, they are named, there are Agite, <laughs> Agites, and there are Am Amalekites and Amalek, these are all part of the same group. And why are they such hated enemies? Well, when the children of Israel are leaving Egypt, they cross the Red Sea, and they start their journey towards Mount Sinai, the Amalekites decide that they're going to take out <laughs> the, the, the Jews, the, the children of Israel. They've just crossed the Red Sea, so there are stragglers. The Amalekites kill the stragglers, which are women and children and old people. They attack them from the back. And anyone who is straggling, they kill. And so there is this hatred of the Amalekites. And if you follow the lineage, remember Jacob and Esau fighting for birthrights? The Amalekites are descendants of Esau. They dislike the Jews. And so we find then that the Persians and the, that are, the Persian Empire was against Judaism and against the Jews. Now, according to um, uh, Haman the hangman. Now, when we see this coming together, it's like the rising of the Persian um, 
empire, not the, necessarily the king of Persia, but the uh, Amalekite in, in, in uh, Persia. Now, one of the things also is Saul, who's king of Israel, so I hope I don't get you confused here, but just a little tidbit, jump in there. Saul, the king of Israel, was told by the prophet Samuel, go and wipe them out. Go and wipe out the Amalekites. Wipe them out, destroy them, because their wickedness is, is extreme. All right? So what does Saul do? He goes there and he conquers them, but he takes everything captive. He takes all the people captive. He takes the king uh, uh, back to Jerusalem, and he takes all the animals, and you know, he takes the, the hierarchy of the, uh, of the families, takes them all back to Jerusalem or back to Israel, and the prophet Samuel says, what's all this I hear? Didn't I tell you you were supposed to wipe them out? Oh, well, it's not my fault. <laughs> you know, and Haman the hangman is an Agite who is a descendant of the king that Saul didn't kill. <laughs> so all of this continues in, and where is it from? Persia. And where is it located today? Iran. And what is the picture that is coming from Iran? They hate the Jews. Now, if you, if, if you look at all of this, it's, it's almost... Um, it's almost ridiculous, and I mean, to just think about this. The, the, there are, what's the There are 24% of the population in the world is Muslim. Now, I'm not, not saying anything negative or about Muslims. I'm just saying the, the, the statistics. 1.8 billion people on the planet are Muslim. There are 9 million Jews. <laughs> and the number of Jews in Israel is 0.11 of the world population, okay? So you've got 24, 24% of the world population fighting 0.11, I mean, potential fighting. They're not all against Israel. So Israel is 290 miles north to south. It is 85 miles east to west. It's about the size of New Jersey. So you have, a sta you have a country about the size of New Jersey taking on 24, potentially 24% of the world. So why on earth would you pick a fight? <laughs> so the Jewish people, they have been, in this case, um, they have not been the aggressor. They have been the individuals who have been, uh, you know, trying to live at peace with the uh, surrounding nations. So is the word of terror. Now, Hamas, this was another thing that was interesting. Hamas means two different things in different languages. To the um, Arab world, Hamas means uh, freedom fighters or um, what else? Can also mean bravery. But in the Hebrew, Hamas means chaos. <laughs> And in Genesis chapter 6, verse 13, God looked at the world in the days of Noah and saw that the world was filled with Hamas, chaos. Now, <laughs> we find that God was grieved at the chaos that was in the world. And so Noah and the flood came to wash out, to take away humanity because of their wickedness. 
Now, going back to what we said about belief, origins, some people don't believe in the flood. But you see, if we believe in God, we believe in creation. If we believe in God, we believe in Noah. And Jesus even referred to Noah <laughs> uh, uh, and his thing. And, and also, as Jesus was three days and, and the uh, heart of the earth, as, as, as Jonah was in the belly of the well, so Jonah is a true story. It is a true event. So Jesus then verifies that by his alluding to it. So as we consider the word Hamas, it's also connected to Noah by Jesus. Matthew, excuse me, Matthew 24, 37, Jesus says, As it was in the days of Noah, so will it be in the days preceding the return of the Son of Man. The world was filled with chaos. And the Jewish rabbi, who is a Messianic Jew, he says, the world was filled with Hamas, chaos. So literally, from the days of Noah, there has been violence and senseless hatred that has existed in the world. Haman and Hitler and people, some of uh, and, and those who follow that path. God is grieved at those who hate Israel. God is not going to sit back and allow that hatred and its actions to go unpunished. Psalm 27:12 says, "Deliver me not over to the will of my enemies, for false witnesses are risen up against me." God's going to help Israel defeat her enemies. You see, it's so important, you know, we you say, okay, we back Israel. Well, why? Because Israel is the foundation of our faith begins with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. It goes through the children of Israel in Egypt and, e and uh, being delivered out of Egypt. And we see the hand of God working through Israel and the writings that we have of the Old Testament, our Old Testament, the Hebrew Scriptures, and the coming of Christ. It was through Abraham's descendant that through your family, all the worlds, all individual, all the world will be, all the individuals of the earth will be blessed. So it is through, <laughs> we are very much connected with Israel. So, Israel is preparing to, or has, will, whatever, we don't know, when, has, will invade Gaza. First time in 50 years, Israel has been at, declared at war. These are physical preparations, physical presentations. War, we see the planes in the aftermath. But there are spiritual entities working behind the scenes the great spiritual battle. There is a battle in the spiritual realm, the battle for people's hearts and minds. And so we will, in the next weeks, months, we will be hearing news of every kind and what will be true, what will not be true. It is a battle for the hearts and minds of people. And part of the de deception is turning the hearts of the world against Israel and against the Jewish people, the, point, the 0 0.11 population. Think about this. It would be like the population or the, uh, less than the population of New Jersey, but the country the size of New Jersey having to defend itself against 
a quarter of the world. You say, wait, that's way out of proportion. But when it comes down to it, it almost appears like there are equal forces. They are on equal terms. But they're, they're, you know, the only equality is God. And so in our life, we need to look at what God is doing in the world around us because as it was in the days of Noah, so will it be when Christ returns. So is it coincidence that Hamas invades Israel on Purim? Is it a coincidence that we are looking at perhaps a global, not a global, almost a global conflict? Is it coincidence that we are looking at the return of Jesus, that when you see these things, the prophets tell us, be aware because the return of Jesus is coming very soon. So for us, and we're looking at this, well, we say, who's right or who's wrong? We need to be ready because Christ is coming back. God will determine the outcome, and everyone, everyone will stand before God. Whether they believe in him or do not believe in him, we will stand before God and give account of what God has done for us and what God has, get the opportunities that God has placed before us. So it's important that we can hopefully understand and see the complete picture. And, of course, I'm not the expert to give you all of the, all of the, all the pictures and the things that's going on. But part of the deception is to turn the hearts of the world against Israel. We can never turn our back on Israel because Israel is God's chosen people. So when you go to Israel and you stop onto the land, you're stepping into a miracle. The birth of Israel is a modern-day miracle because God declared that this land would be to Abraham and to his descendants. And in 1948, 47, they became a nation in a day by a declaration of the UN. Now, we find that all of these things are the returning of Israel from exile, returning of Israel to the land that was their forefathers. For them to come back and have an independent, democratic Jewish state, God fulfilled that belief, that promise, that hope, that your future is going to be better than your past. And the, the um, anthem of Israel is translated hope. So the challenge is for us in Revelation chapter 4, verse 1. After this I looked, and there before me was a door standing open in heaven, and the voice I had first heard speaking to me, speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here. Revelation 4. Then 1 Thessalonians 4:16. For the Lord himself will come from heaven, with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump, trumpet call of God, the dead in Christ will rise, and after that, we who are alive and remain will be caught up together in the, in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So, John, the voice I had first heard speaking to me like a trumpet, 1 Thessalonians 4, 16, and the trumpet and with the trumpet call 
of God. The trumpet of God shall sound, the dead in Christ will rise, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up in the air. Romans 14, 7. For none of us lives for ourselves alone. None of us dies for ourselves alone. If we live, we live for God. And if we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or whether we die, we belong to the Lord. So the foundational principle of who we are is on our faith and our trust in Jesus. And if Christ returns this afternoon, the trump of God shall sound, with Christ in our heart, we're going to go. <laughs> it's, it's, it's already been said, it's already determined, and so we're, why am I speaking on all this? It's letting us know we are closer to the end of time than we thought. And our next breath may not be here, but there. And whether it happens today or next week or 10 years from now, we're still closer today than we were yesterday. And there is, there is a coming of a time in which <laughs> there's going to be a great war ahead of us in Scripture. And what it will be, how it will be, well, that's a whole different story. But for now, we know that there is the potential for a massive conflict. Well, if it doesn't happen, does that erase this? No. If it doesn't happen, we can thank God for it. But we need to pray for those who are innocent. We're not against, <laughs> we're not against the, the people. We're against the terrorists. We're not against the innocent people, Muslim or Jew. We're not against any of them or for them. We are for God and for peace in the Middle East. But we must also be for peace in our heart and a right relationship with Jesus Christ. And whether we live or die, whether there's a war or not, we are God's and we are safe in the hand of our Father. And nothing can separate us from the love of God. So it's not about fear, it's about peace. It's not about what may happen, it's about what will happen when Christ fulfills the prophetic picture that has been foretold in Scripture. So we, as his children, must have faith and belief that the promises of God are still possible. Our origin is with God. Our origin is with God. Uh, who will we be? <laughs> who will we be? Uh, how, will we, how will we act and respond? We will respond by the morals that are dictated, given to us in the Old Testament and the New. Why am I here? I'm here to serve God. What is my destiny? My home is in heaven forever. So we find that this is our place. This is our time. These are the events of the world around us, and we are not ignorant of them. We are aware, and we pray. Pray for the peace of Israel. Pray for those who don't know Christ, that they may come to know him as their Savior. That is is the reason for the message. Amen? Jesus, we thank you for hearing our prayers. We thank you for the coming, your coming. And Lord, we don't understand all things, but God, we know some things. And we ask you to direct our hearts, direct our lives. We pray for peace in Israel. We pray for Hamas. We pray for the Palestinians. We pray for the Arab population and, and the Muslim community. We pray, Lord, that they might see you more clearly, 
they might understand you and un- understand the principles that you have given to us as individuals to live. But we pray that you would help them, hold their hearts, enlighten them, we pray. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.